Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 22nd, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and this is day two of the parable of the talents. So brand new, I'm introducing to you the parable of the talents. We're going to break this down. We're going to see that this parable is not about like singing, dancing type of talents. No, it's monetary value. And we're going to learn some things about what God releases to us. And he does it according to his ability. So I'm calling this pearls from the parables. This is part 41 of pearls from the parables. And the title of today's message is God will give you according to your ability to manage. God is going to release things to you, but it's going to be according to your ability to manage. Put in the chat, say it out loud, Lord, release it, release it. You ready? Let's get ready for the word. So let's get into the word for this morning. People are putting in the chat already. Lord, release it. There's some things that God, God owns everything. God could do. I mean, God gives us all things. The Bible says richly to enjoy. God, Lord, release it. Lord, release it to me. But we're going to learn that we got to be prepared. You have to be prepared to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. The more you have, the more you have to manage. And not everybody's willing to manage all of that. Some people don't want the headache. Some, like, for example, yesterday, uh, uh, I got a text from the Dominican Republic. Hey, you said we're going to the eighth grade. So for us to open up this eighth grade, we're taking this classroom. We got to knock down the wall. We're going to, you know, make sure that the bat there's a bathroom in there. We're going to, we got to basically create, uh, we're knocking down this office and creating a classroom uh, is going to cost this much money. Then we got to hire these teachers and are you okay with that? And I was like, well, give me the money, give me the amount, blah, blah, blah. Well, we got to manage that, right? Because the more you have, the more you have to manage. For us to go from 180 students to 200 students in our school in the Dominican Republic, the more you have, the more you have to manage. And so, so God gives us things according to our ability to manage. People say, oh, I want more. But if you're not ready for the more, God is not going to give you something that you're not ready to manage. And so we got to be developed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. Man, I'm just getting started this morning. I've already given you some nuggets. Uh, you, you should have wrote some stuff down. You ready? All right. So let's get into this parable before we do. Psalms 126 and verse four. This is a scripture we've been looking at all year. I want to put it through in your hearing through your ear gates to get down in your heart. Again, this is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any area of my life to ever dry up or dissipate. No, no, we we are going to get continually refreshed and renewed and restored and revived. Say amen to that. All right. So Matthew 25, this is a long passage, but I need to read the whole thing to you again today. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, I'm going to go down to verse 30 from the Passion Translation. Let me read this to you and then we'll learn some things. You ready? All right. This is what the Bible says. Again, Jesus is speaking. Heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned his trusted servants, and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on the journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to a third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins. 
each according to his ability to manage. Now, other translation says five talents, two talents, one talent. So five talents of gold, two talents of gold, one talent of gold is the parable of the talents. All right. But it was according to their ability to manage. Verse 16, the one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and did something with the money. He doubled the investment. In the same way, the one that was given 2,000 gold coins went out, did some stuff with the money, doubled the investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins, he didn't lose the money, but he didn't do anything with it. He dug a hole in the ground, he buried it, and he didn't touch it. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle the accounts with his servants. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins said, hey, check it out. You gave me 5,000, I'm giving you back 10, right? So I doubled the money. I did something with what you gave me. You gave me some stuff to manage. I worked it. I doubled it. Here you go. I've doubled your money. Commending a servant, he said, you have done well. You've proven yourself to be a loyal and trustworthy servant. And because you have been faithful to be able to ma manage a small sum, he called 5,000 gold coins, a small five talents of gold, a small sum for you because of your ability to manage, guess what? Now I'm going to give you much, much more. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Okay, cool. The one who had 2,000 gold coins says, hey, I doubled your money too. He said, okay, good. You're a good and faithful servant too. You've proven yourself well because you were managed this small sum, even though you're going to learn there's not a little bit of money. Even though you managed this small sum well, I'm going to give you much, much more. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then the one who had one thousand gold coins came and said, well, look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please and you are shrewd in business and you grow rich on the backs of other people. See, his attitude toward the master was wrong. Some people have an attitude, the wrong attitude towards God. I was afraid of you. So I just hid your money, buried it into the ground. I didn't do nothing with it. Here, take it. It's yours. The master said to him, you know what you are? You are untrustworthy and you are lazy. If you knew that I was a shrewd businessman, always looking to make a profit, why didn't at least you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest. At least I, I would have came back and you would have said, well, here's your money with interest. But no, you are unfaithful. You did nothing. Now, you didn't lose it, but you didn't do anything with it. You were unprofitable. You did nothing with the money that I gave you. And so now, because you did nothing, I'm going to take your 1,000 gold coins and give it to the one that has 10. <laughs> I know people don't like this. I know people with a poverty mentality don't like this. Why is it that God keeps, why is it that these people keep increasing? Why is it when you prove to God, it's according to your ability. When you prove to God that the more you have to, the more you can manage, the more God will give you to manage. But if you can't manage a little bit you have, then listen, people get mad at you because, oh, look at you. You're building this house or you're doing this thing over here. Why didn't God do that with me? Well, what are you doing with the little apartment you have? Like it's the more you have to manage. If you're not managing the stuff you have, well, God is not, he can't, that God is not an unfaithful steward. God is not going to release stuff to you before your time. So the one that has 10, I'm going to give him yours. And now he has 11, right? And so he's going to overflow with abundance, he said. And the one that had little is going to be taken from him. Then the master said to this servant, now to his other servants, take this good for nothing servant and throw him away from me into the outer darkness. And there will be great misery and gnashing of teeth or great anguish. There's a lot in this parable. So what does this mean for you today? I, I need to just lay the foundation. I'm still laying the foundation of the parable of the challenge today. So I'm going to give you some foundational teaching this morning. You ready? Read your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, here we go. You ready? What is a talent 
in the parable of the talent. So in this parable, what is a talent? I remember I was in Iraq. And for whatever reason, uh, I was a pastor of the gospel service on Victory Base in Baghdad. And um, I guess I was teaching on this parable. So my office mate, I'm not going to mention his name, but we, we were in the same office for a year, right? You know, 16 hours a day for a year. We got really close, but he's my buddy. And so we started talking about the parable. I brought up the parable of the talents. And and he said, well, you know, talents, um, some people try to make that money. It's not about money. And I was like, whoa, stop. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but what type of talents? He was like, well, talents, you know, talents, like singing and dancing. I was like, no, hold on. Let's not make the Bible. God does give people talent, but let's not make the Bible mean something that it doesn't mean. The parable of the talents is not not talking about singing and dancing, right? So when some they, some people have a natural talent, some people have a talent for music, some people have a talent for uh, playing something, playing baseball or whatever. Some people have a natural talent for math; they're just gifted at it, right? So so in one sense, the word talent. Sometimes people interchange talent with gift, and then they get into this argument about talents and gifts or nurture or nature. And, and they say, you know, a talent is something that God gave you. A gift is something that you develop. And, and then they go through that whole argument. But that's cool. I'm not having any of those arguments today. To be clear, none of that applies to this parable. The, the talent in the parable that we just read is a unit of measure. <laughs> it's a unit of measure for weight. And in this case, it's a unit of measure for money, right? It's a so a, a talent was there was units of measure for weight, and in most ancient cultures, a talent was the highest unit of measure, and that was in the Hebrew system, in the Greek system, and in the Roman system. So a Hebrew talent in the Old Testament was used. To, there's a word a word in the in the Old Testament kikar in, in Hebrew. And it's mean, it was estimated to be about 75 pounds or 34 kilos, 34 kilograms. So 75 pounds is a unit of measure. In the Greek, a Greek talent, same thing. Talenton is a Greek word, talenton. It also means about 75 pounds, right? It's a significant weight. The Roman talent may have differed a little bit as far as weight, but it was still a significant weight. So most scholars agree that a talent in the Middle East, back then, was about 75 pounds. So it's a, it's a unit of measure, a unit of weight, 75 pounds. So in, the, in context, if it's a, a talent of gold, one, he gave five talents of gold or 5,000 gold coins, right? It's a unit of measure, and we could break it down to a monetary value. So as a, it was used sometimes as a weight measurement, or sometimes it was used as monetary value. Now, in the Bible, when you see it used as monetary value, it's going to de be dependent on what it was. Sometimes it was talents of gold. Sometimes it was talents of silver. Sometimes it was talents of copper. So obviously, depending on the type of what you're measuring, the value of it is going to be different because talents of gold are going to cost more than talents of silver, and talents of silver will cost more than talents of copper. You got it? So it was also known as a unit of uh, measurement. So for example, um, in the Old Testament, in Exodus, as an example, when they collected offerings, uh, they, what, the Bible says that what they collected was about 100 talents of offerings. And that was various offerings, but it was about 100 talents. That was a unit of measure. So the cultural context, I know that I'm giving you a lot this morning, but I, I, I think this is important. I think, it, I think it's important to understand 
the context. Because once once I tell you, once once you see where I'm going, this is going to help you to expand your capacity to believe God. So the talent was a significant amount. And within the cultural context, oftentimes when people gave gifts, they gave X amount of talents of X or Y or Z to somebody. It was an expression of their wealth. So for example, the queen of Sheba, the queen of Sheba, when she went to Solomon's house, I'm going to talk about that here a little bit more in a minute. But when she went to Solomon's house, she was blown away and she gave Solomon 120 talents of gold as a gift. I'm going to expand your capacity to believe God here in a minute. So in the parable, the point is that the master gave large sums of money to his servants and he expected them to multiply the money. This was a test of their responsibility. He wanted to know what they were going to do with what they were given. Put in the chat right now. I am going to do what God wants me to do with what he gives me, right? So whatever God gives me charge of, I need to be accountable and responsible for that as a steward. He's the owner. I'm a steward. So it's worth noting, um, uh, I, I thought this was pretty interesting as I was doing some research, that the modern word for talent today, like 2023, that most of us believe a talent is a natural ability or a natural skill. The modern word for talent, some people, scholars believe, is derived from this parable. And it's a message about using one's God-given gifts effectively. So while while the natural gifts like singing and dancing and you're good at math, you're just naturally good at this, that's not what this parable is about, but this parable is about money. But you can extend that to say, whatever God gives me, I'm going to use it for his glory, right? I'm going to take whatever my innate abilities or skills are, and I'm going to be a good steward over them. Say amen to that. All right, now let me keep breaking this down. Now, how much would a talent of gold be worth today? So I want to expand your capacity to believe God. How much would a talent of gold be worth today? Now, it's going to depend on the current price of gold. So the current price of gold, like right now, is $1,901.80 per ounce, like right now. So the current price of gold is $1,900 an ounce, right? One talent is 75 pounds. A talent of gold is 75 pounds of gold. One pound is 16 ounces. Now, you got, some people say, oh, well, Brother Pena, back then, a pound was 13 ounces. Okay, it's not going to change the math that much, by the way. But uh, you know, but whether it was 13 or 16, let's just go with 16 because that's what it is today. So 75 pounds of gold is one talent of gold. One pound, 16 ounces, right? So one ounce costs $1,900. So 75 pounds of gold times 16 is 1,200 ounces. The cost of 75 pounds of gold is 1,200 ounces times $1,901.80. That's $2.28 million. So one talent of gold in today's value, today, August of 2023, one talent of gold is estimated $2.28 million for one talent of gold. 75 pounds of gold would be $2.28 million today. So going back to the power, the the servants were lined up. The master said, hey, I'm going to give you one talent, 2.28 million. I'm going to give you two talents, 4.56 million. I'm going to give you five talents, $11.4 million. 
I mean, like, so think about that for a minute. <laughs> think about that for a minute. The reason why I'm breaking it down this way is because God is not limited in any way. I've told you before that I had to be delivered from a poverty mentality. When I came to God, I was raised on welfare. I, I, I bought food with food stamps. I, 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 I stood in line for government cheese. And so, so when I came to God, God owns everything and I had to be delivered from a poverty mentality. Isabella grew up with no running water, no electricity. So, so we both had a poverty spirit. So it's hard to think like God when you have a poverty mentality because God doesn't have a poverty mentality at all. God owns everything. So looking at this parable within the light of what I just shared, one guy got $11.4 million worth of stuff and he doubled it. The other guy got $4.56 million worth of stuff and he doubled it. And then one guy got $2.28 million and did nothing with it. He didn't lose the money, but he didn't do anything with it. And the Lord called the first one, good and faithful servant, right? The second one, good and faithful servant. The third one, he was called wicked. Go, be cast out of here. You're going to be in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because you did nothing with what I gave you. Let's go back to the queen of Sheba. I want to expand your capacity to believe God. The queen of Sheba goes to King Solomon's house. Look it up. First Kings, first Kings chapter 10. The queen of Sheba goes to King Solomon's house, not the temple, his house. The temple was billions of dollars to build. That's another teaching for another day. But let's just deal with King Solomon's house. The, she was a queen. She had big time money. Big, she was a billionaire herself. But she walks up to King Solomon's house and she's, the Bible says it took her breath away. When she saw the house, when she saw the excellency, when she saw the excellency of, of the servants, how everything was done, everything was done with the spirit of excellence. She's a queen. She's a billionaire. And the Bible says, the breath left her body. It took her breath away. As a result, she says, I need to sow. I need to give a gift. I want to give a gift to this man of God. Oh, let me give a gift. What's the gift? Let me give you 120 talents of gold. She gave him, I think people read that, and she gave him 120 talents of gold. That's cool. Like, no idea what that means. She gave him 120 talents of gold. I just told you that one talent. Right now, August of 2023, one talent of gold is $2.28 million. 120 talents of gold was $273 million. She said, okay, I want to give a gift to you, Mr. King. I'm a queen. I got money. You're a king. You got money. I want to give a gift just in gold. She also gave him spices. She also gave him other stuff. But just in gold, here's a gift. $273 million is what she gave. Now, why, Brother Pena, are you bringing this up? Because you need to change your mindset about God. God is not limited in any way. I'm going to break it down in this parable. Man, this parable is going to be good, y'all. All right, here's number three. Let me give you the last point and I'll wrap it up for today. I'm just building on it. I'm just laying the foundation. Number three, the master gave the servants the amount of money, the Bible says, according to their ability to manage, according to their ability to manage. So I'm just still laying the foundation. I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to rush, right? So here, let me give you some thoughts here that I pray will help you to expand your capacity to believe God. You ready? All right. Closing thoughts. First one, our God is not limited in any way. You need to change your mindset. Our God is not limited in any way. God, God can do anything. God can, there's nothing God can't do. God owns everything. And God has millions of ways of getting you millions of resources, right? God is not limited in any way. Stop limiting God. You limit God by your, your inability to believe God. You limit God by your capacity to, to believe. All things are possible to him that believes, but if you don't believe it, it's not possible. It's not that it's not possible. 
in the world, it's just not possible for you because you don't believe it. So you got to remove every artificial limit you've ever placed on your limitless God. Our God is not limited in any way. Got it? Okay. And oh, by the way, this is New Testament and this is Jesus in the New Testament. People that say Jesus was poor and all of that. And so why would Jesus, who people claim to be poor, be teaching about parables where they're giving millions of dollars and doubling millions of dollars? Well, because God is not limited in any way. Our God freely gives us resources. Now, that's it could be money, but it also could be those gifts and talents that God gives us, the skills. But he gives us whatever he gives us, he gives it to us to manage. God, right? He gives us things to manage. God, God gives me, and I'm supposed to manage whatever God, I'm supposed to be a good steward. Put in the chat, I am a good steward. We got to be a good steward. God will give us resource. Let me say it another way. God will never give you resources that you are incapable of managing. So if God gave it to you, then you're capable of managing it. And God does give us all things richly to enjoy. It would be unrighteous of God as a father to expect us to do something he has not equipped us to do. So if God has called you to run that business, to, to get this promotion, to go up to this next level in the government, to you know run this school, whatever God has called you to do, if, if God called you to do it, now you still got to be prepared. There's a calling and there's a preparation, but it would be unrighteous of God as a father to expect you to do something that he has not equipped you to do. And so obviously, whatever he expects you to do, he equips you to do. And whatever he equips you to do, he expects you to do. You can put that in the chat. Whatever God expects me to, to do, he equips me to do. Whatever God equips me to do, he expects me to do. His instruction is always equal to his injection, meaning that God will never instruct me to do something he hasn't already injected me with. Come on, man. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. So if God is telling me to do something, it's because he's already given me the grace to do it. I just have to believe on that level. I have to stop limiting God. I have to, I have to believe what God believes about. Me. I have to believe if God entrusted me with this thing, come on, man. God, God didn't give me this thing to fail. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're, it's forward ever back whenever the best is yet to come with God. So God gives me stuff. Why? Because He's already given me the grace for it. So, so when the servant in the parable did nothing with what he was given, the reason why God called him wicked is because there was a grace on his life to double the money, just like the other guys. But he refused. He he wasted the grace. He, it was a misappropriation of God's grace. Put this in the chat. God's grace towards me shall not be in vain. The reason why the, the master was upset with the servant. It, now, if the servant was incapable of doubling the, the money, then, then the master would be wrong for having the expectation. No, the reason why he had the expectation is because he was capable. He just did nothing with it. So God will never expect you to do something he hasn't already graced you to do. The grace of God is on you to win, to overcome, to supersede, to take it to the next level. Look at me. The grace of God is on you to take your business, your, your team at work, your, your whatever you're, you're managing, your family. You, the grace of God is, is on you to manage it and to take it to the next level, to manage it and to take it to the next level so that the kingdom of God can advance, right? And so if you don't manage it well, God will call you wicked. If you do manage it well, God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And what God does with us is he entrusts it to us as stewards. He's the owner. I'm the steward. A steward is a manager. You and I, what do we do? We, we just get to manage. So we are God's representatives on this planet. God owns everything. He owns more than we can ever imagine, but he releases it to us at just the right time according to our ability to manage. And so when he releases it to us is because we can manage it and he expects us to manage it. The more you have, the more you have to manage. Many believers say they want more, but they're not ready 
to manage it. Many believers say they want more and they say they're waiting on God to release it. No, God is waiting on you to get prepared. And so God, God, God is saying, I called you to do it, but there's a calling and then there's a preparation. I, I, I do need you to go to this school or I do need you to sit up under the tutelage of this person or I do need you to be mentored by her, even though you can't stand her and you got to learn from her. And I do need you to go to this church. I do need you to get this tutelage. Why? Because I, I can't release it to you until you're ready. I can only give it to you according to your ability to manage. Yes, there's big things that I have for you, but I can't give it to you yet. Why? Because you haven't learned that. That's a, you say you want this, you want that. You want me, you, you, oh, Brother Pena, I believe God called me to run this business. Okay, great. So you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it now. Give me 100 employees now. You don't know even, you don't know anything about payroll. You don't know anything about HR. You ain't ready. I mean, you, you got to learn. God will give it to you according to your ability to manage. You got to start thinking like God. Remove every artificial limit you've ever placed on God, but then you got to be prepared for, for the ability to manage it. You got to be, you got to be, transform. You got to be qualified. You got you to be prepared to the point where you can carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. That's enough for today. I have a lot more to teach on this. I'm going to take my time. My God, this is going to be good. This is the parable of the talents. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to expand. Put in the chat, I expand my capacity to believe God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I believe that you equip me with resources according to my ability to manage them, ensuring that I am never beyond my capacity. I am committed to being a good steward of everything you entrust unto me. I recognize that you are the owner and I am the manager. I will not be idle with the gifts and the resources you put in my hands. I will multiply them for your glory. I understand that to whom much is given, much shall be required. I will not shy from my responsibilities. I am determined to manage well what you entrust me with. I am your representative on this planet. I handle your resources well, whether they be talents, money, or other assets. I handle them with integrity and wisdom. I seek your wisdom and your guidance in all things. I expand my thinking to align with your limitless nature. And I embrace the grace to walk in the fullness of my divine calling. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button so you can get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Why would you not sign up and get the notes for free? And listen, I need you to do me a favor. This is one of those messages you might need to listen to again. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to build my case. The parable of the talents. There's a lot to learn here, right? There's a lot to learn in all of these parables. As we go through the parables, we're going to learn a lot more about God, his kingdom, his will, and his ways. So leave me some comments in the chat if this, blessing, if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you.
If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.